Welcome to the Pathfinder Podcast, brought to you by Shillington, where we talk to creatives about how they navigated their design careers from the early beginnings up until now, and the twists and turns along the way. I'm Jimmy Muldoon, designer and teacher at Shillington's New York campus. Glad you could join us. So today we have the extremely talented and super colorful uh, Zupang from New York. Um, so some of his clients uh, include you know, Coca-Cola, Microsoft, uh, Netflix, uh, The New Yorker, um, but has also really been a part of the citywide public art campaign by Poster House New York, where his work was displayed throughout Times Square. I'm sure that's like a surreal thing to see <laughs> in Times Square. What, what was that? What was that like? Um, it's funny and it's mildly bizarre. Every time I have done something big that's like in the city, I was never there physically. So I'm just by, like looking at by curiously through other people. So it's like a little strange because like I know it's there. I know it's real, but it's kind of because I didn't see it with my own eyes. I don't quite believe it. Yeah. But um, I, I mean, I believe it, but it's just like it's like I feel like if I really see it in real life, I might just break down into tears and turn into a puddle of, you know, tears. Um, <laughs> yeah. But it's it's kind of crazy because um, what I trying to do on daily basis is to, I mean, self-expression to me is very important just because I, I moved to this country for specifically that reason in many ways. And then it just gets amplified, amplified, amplified over the years. And, um, now what I would love to do to achieve a little bit is to, you know, to be like the little cheerleader, uh, like, you know, holding like the, you know, the pom-poms and all that to like, just to make people a little bit happier in some ways. Cause I like life is hard out there and I know. And, um, so I, trying to like motivate people a little bit more here and there whether it's to make them happier or to you know get them focused on something i wanted to talk about like bring awareness to certain uh, subject matter and issues um all that is very much what i do on the daily basis and uh i was just you know minding my own business i was thinking how can i um create something to one encourage people to um, stay home or wash their hands or to motivate people that they're doing it for a greater cause and for a bigger, you know, community. So I was like watching a video about washing hands and then they said, uh, um, it's on, uh, Kazuska, I think it's called. It's a YouTube channel. And then they said, like, you know, our future is, you know, literally in our hands. And then I was like, that's a beautiful sentiment. So I, the first thing I thought of, it was like the praying emoji yeah. because I, I like the kind of double entendre. It's like, you know, like we pray for our future. But then meanwhile, like right now, you literally just need to, like, you know, you do, do 20 minutes of that to, you know, uh, keep everybody safe. So that's the first one that went, went live. And that was very crazy because, you know, it was Times Square, digital billboard everywhere. And then with the hand just like spinning, like that was fucking awesome. And then the second one I made was, um, I was watching uh, Chris Cuomo. And then he was talking about um, American, but American. It does not sound that good, like uh, verbally, to be honest. But I feel like a silent visual is better. So therefore, I made a you know American uh, poster to sort of um, amplify that. So those two are, you know, everywhere and very unexpectedly because I was just making it on my own and then I got contacted by Poster House and uh, Print Magazine. They're like, oh, you know, like we would love to, you know, put this out there. I'm like, sure, here you go. But they 
I was not aware that where it's gonna go. You know, I just thought, oh, it's gonna be on like those little podium, which they are, like they're everywhere on the podium. But meanwhile, I'm just like, what? Because I think it's now going to different cities too, like Chicago, LA. Uh, there's a few places, Boston, I think. So I'm like, what? <laughs> that is like, and it's it's so like a really interesting approach, like to like something that you just wanted to design off your own back you know what i mean like this is just for you no client no nothing and then that that happens does that happen quite a lot where you're trying a different style out or experimenting with 3d or a type or something and someone sees it and then wants that yeah i mean like my um, it's funny because right now I give a, I I made a special COVID talk, um, to give to the lovely kids out there who are either graduating or just graduated, or you know about to go into senior year, because it's a very difficult time to you know, graduating trying to find job in you know whatever this is going on right so. What I talked about is that how every single thing I made for myself has landed a client afterwards. Like, unfortunately, people's imagination, it's quite limited. They can't see past what you have put out. So therefore, what you, like, I assume people wanted to get paid for the things that they like to do, right? So you have to put the things that you want to do out there in order people to hire you. To me, it's a quite simple concept. Yeah. Not everybody gets it. Mm-hmm. However, that's why I'm here yeah. to you know, help. Yeah. And then, um, so right now, like I have basically um, three types of, pro- type of project going on at the same time. It's what I make for myself on a daily basis. You know, I sort of put one thing out on, IG like every day, you know, if not two, sometimes, I mean, if I go crazy, I go nuts to go three, you know, but I think that's really happened. Like, <laughs> um, then the second is the client project, which, you know, helps me to pay the rent and then to survive, you know, to do my daily grocery. And then the third is like some uh, long-term projects that I have for myself. So uh, right now I have a merch store, so I constantly put out, you know, merch that, um, you know, I'm wearing. Uh, and meanwhile, I have a few other fun personal projects that's going on. We just put out a new face filter on the merch store's uh, Instagram, so check it out. It's a, it's a face mask, but then when you open your mouth, there's colorful stars, like, flying out so it, it's really funny it's like it's really dumb but it's really fun and uh i made it with my lovely intern rosie and yeah so it's and that's kind of the three things i have going on and then usually what i find is i make something on my own and then the client will approach me basically use my instagram as a mood board they'll pick oh i like the typography from here, the color from here, the animation from here, and then can you just put them together and then export. And it's great. Like I genuinely, it's very easy for me to do that. And meanwhile, it's like, I don't rip off other people. Like I, you know, it's all the things I came up with. So, I mean, there's, it comes with limitations too, because, you know, that means it's hard for me to break out of my, you know, usual style. Cause you know, I, I feel like I have a lot more to offer than, you know, what other people sees. So to convince the client to do try new things, it's usually either me trying to put out new things for, for them to get interested or it's for me to really work hard on how to convince them why this is a good idea. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's really like, do you like for those kind of sources of inspiration to kind of get a client to go a different way? Like what, what do you kind of look at? Like what kind of mediums are you kind of absorbing to then kind of pivot them? Um, 
the inspiration always comes from the brief itself. I never, like, I don't look at design blogs. I don't follow like, you know, I think I have a few like account I look at on Instagram, like whatever the feed that pop up. I never like actually, active, actively click on anything because I feel that is not the right way to be inspired. Like that's not even inspired. Like for me, that's copying, you know, like I, I'm not interested in that. Like I try to get inspired usually you know, for branding, it's very like, I just look at what the client is about. I help them to craft a mission statement and I try to find attributes to work with them. So I will combine those two things together and put out a identity. Mm -hmm. um, for um, something else that are like more abstract, like, you know, like the past, um, like I've been working on a lot of like pride related projects and then I would sort of think a little deeper on what's going on right now, what I wanted to say, and then like, what can I make to serve the greater community? Cause you know, I'm not here, you know, doing this by myself for myself. Like I'm trying to create something for you know as many people as possible. So nobody gets you know, excluded. Um, so that being said, yeah, it's how to find a balance between um, making something that are meaningful and then making something that's also beautiful and impactful at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, that's actually a really interesting, like, kind of kind of take on it. It's like really just kind of listening to them and, and, and what they're wanting and what they're wanting to achieve um, and then kind of, like, always listening as a designer. I'm sure you're always taking in everything that they're kind of saying and trying to dissect what they're what they're really trying to say because you know that's obviously a task that a designer needs to do is like really kind of understand what they're trying to say and also what they what are they honestly looking for because sometimes i i always ask my client why do they want this like why do they need this and what what what's their uh what's the you know purpose behind this because mm -hmm. sometimes I felt like also the clients sometimes always got tricked into asking things they thought that they need but they don't you know like I had I had a uh, client who does mostly digital work and then like wants a business card I'm like sure I'm happy to make that but personally I much rather used to spend some effort on social media and on the website because what on earth do you meet some of the people because uh, you don't so why do you need a card you know like save that money and then put it into something else that's more worth it so and that's the time that gets you know sometimes gets you know complicated clients like whoa you know like that's a lot of opinion that did not ask for but meanwhile to be is that i'm trying to be genuinely helpful and you know and useful so i i'm like you know sometimes it's like sometimes politeness get into the way like, I'm, I'm not trying to be a dick of course mm -hmm. but you know i'm trying to do my best to you know help them like they are looking for help because they need expertise right and i'm here to give them what i know the most and then hopefully that helped them but meanwhile i also feel that like it's very much so a like a growing conversation right like you're trying to it's like dating a little bit in a way that like you're trying to get to know each other and then want to know what they're about you know yeah. and then that's kind of like that too you know so I, i'm not that good at dating so like <laughs> that's probably not the best example but you well, know I, I heard it say over the weekend it's like uh, dating is like pulling data you know like you you, you, you. <laughs> i was like that's actually a really interesting approach. I'm like, that kind of works for designers. You're trying to pull data about what, what they want and then kind of sift through it. And what you're saying is you're sifting through it and you're like, I'm not sure why you need a business card when one, you're not seeing anyone or you could actually use those resources. Because some people would be like, sure, I'm, that's another, another additional couple hours, you know, where you're like, hey, like we're in this, together like i want to see you succeed yeah and you know you come to me like i hope you trust me as the expert like i will tell you if something's 
not really needed. Um, and I'm sure some people, you know, respect that. And some people are like, no, I, I still want the business card. Then I'll make it, I'll make them the business card. And, and I'm sure that business card will be the best damn business card they've ever seen. Yeah, yeah. I'm very good at what I do. And, uh, and that's why I have, I make a living of doing what yeah. I do. Yeah. So it's, but it's very often makes the client, I think it gain more trust uh, in that exchange because they, one, genuinely feel like, oh, I'm honest. Uh, second, I genuinely am thinking about them and then thinking for them. And then third is like, yeah, like I'm not like, yes, of course, like if I can be friends with my client, that's great. But like, I'm here to do the work. I'm here to be genuinely helpful, right? Like, it's like, you know, if you, <laughs> this is going to be a gross example, but you know, let's say if your toilet got clogged, right? You have a plumber. You want the plumber to do their job. Sure, if you manage to be friends with him, great. But that's not the point, right? Like the client needs help, so I'm here to help them. If during the process we become closer and then becomes a longer, you know, friendship, and that's great. Like I, I am doing my, you know, like it's again just like dating. Just because you know you like somebody, that doesn't mean it always work out. And then sometimes the unexpected things sort of works, you know, magic. And yeah, it's, and then you just occasionally find kindred spirits along the way. I have a few clients that I've had since day one. And then, you know, four and a half years later, they're still with me. So love them. Jeremy Nichol. I love you. Yeah. Represent. Um, So... I think, you know, I would kind of want to like bring it back a little bit to um, getting to know a little bit more about you, like, you know, your upbringing, you know, where you grew up, what, what that, that culture is like compared to like now, because you said before you, you weren't born here. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's funny. Cause like right now doing COVID everything becomes more like Asia because people just wear masks and then stay home and then don't touch nobody. So <laughs> like, what? Like I ran away from like, like from that. So I grew up in a city called Shenzhen that's in the South of China, right next to Hong Kong. My city is only 10 years older than me. Like that's where my parents met. And then that's why this is here. Uh, thanks mom and dad. Yes. Yeah. Thank, thanks for having intercourse. Um, your sex has created magic, literally. Uh, so I was born in uh, 1990, and I apparently I was uh, I was a C-section kid, and but I was like super tiny, but extremely loud. Like apparently, like my cry can like wake up the whole na- like the whole building. So it's like, uh, which is still kind of true. I'm still pretty loud. Um, I was really wanted to become a manga artist when I was a uh, like teenager. I, I drew a lot. And until like three years in, I realized I just simply cannot draw. Like I can't draw. Like my hands don't listen to whatever that I want. Like, you know, I want a line, it becomes a circle. And I want a circle become a square. You know, like it is really sad. And uh, yeah, my handwriting too is like horrible. Um, that being said, I sort of learned Photoshop along the way. So I started to design posters <clears throat> in Photoshop. Like that's like so wrong, but now looking at it, but it's like, you know, there's like a cute, charming innocence to it. Mm. And I remember um, my parent transferred me to a British um, boarding school in China. And that's where I started to speak more English. And um but my American accent is fully credited to, um, sorry, let me just turn off my Slack so they don't distract me. Um, um, I turn, uh, I, I, like, I have to credit my um, accent to Desperate Housewives and Gossip Girls. Like, that. those are the two shows that I watch. That's why like, I have a bitchy accent. Like, I don't talk like this in Chinese at all. It just... That's how my English sounds. And then like, okay, like, you know, that's what I got. 
Um, and then my art teacher in high school was like, oh, have you ever considered studying graphic design as a major in college? Because I made so many posters. I was like, I, the school can't pay us, so they pay us with pizza. Like, I get Papa John's for every poster that I make, so I have a lot of Papa John's in my life. Um, so by that, um, I applied for a few schools. Um, my dream school was uh, Art Center in L.A., Pasadena. Uh, I got rejected. I was devastated. And I got I got in uh, SCAT in SVA. So I was um, debating between Savannah and New York. And I mean, Gossip Girl, hello, XOXO. So I, yeah, I sort of got in like two huge fights with my parents. The first fight is about me studying art because like studying design because I was a really good biochem major at school. Like I was... I was really good at biochem. Like, I just get it. Yeah. Like, it just seems very no-brainer to me. It's, it's equations. Like, what's so hard about equations? You know, it's a very simple concept to me. I don't understand why it's difficult. Um, and then for um, uh, the um, second f- fight that we had was about between, you know, having a campus in, you know, the b- beautiful countryside or, you know, in a concrete jungle i'm like i never see like you know sorry that's wrong like my city has a lot of trees where i grew up it's like it's very it's a gardening city but like i don't need campus like like what what am i gonna do like study under a tree and then like get get hit by a fucking apple that falls down like i'm not here for that like i have no interest so i'm much more interested to see if there's girls sitting at the mat stairs, like, you know, wearing hatbands, eating yogurt, and bitching about people. So, like, yeah, so I picked New York, and then, you know, I moved here at 2009, which I, to me is, like, the golden year because that's a year after Obama got elected. So it was, like, he settled in, I just arrived, and then, you know, I have a beautiful seven years with, you know, President Obama, and then it was amazing and then four years or whatever the fuck this is so <laughs> 11 years later i'm here you're still here and loving it but like, this is this is home for you now that there, there's no you don't you do you see yourself moving out of new york or is like you've kind of made the decision depends on november to be honest like not to be too real but you know <laughs> like <laughs> Yeah, if November, like, I can't do another four years of yeah. whatever. But then it's probably looking pretty good by that time, maybe. Yeah, so, yeah. like, um, but, yeah, like, Brooklyn's my home. Yeah. Um, I live in the same apartment for the past five years. <laughs> my apartment is awesome. I miss it very much. Yeah. Uh, however, I'm very blessed and very, you know, grateful to have in a safe and healthy and positive environment right now. Yeah. So, yeah. Because uh, you were saying before that uh, you're like, you're upstate, you're, you know, you're surrounded by, you know, birds that wake you up, you know, trees and, and grass and all of that. Like, have you, have you found that you've got, you know, do you have a morning routine or is, have you found one during this kind of like period of time? So now up till like starting from like the second I got up here, I realized I need to cook now. So cooking has become my new hobby, which it's funny because I never had a hobby before because right. design was my hobby and then it becomes my job. So, and then I just don't have a hobby. Like I, mm-hmm. I don't watch shows. I don't watch like, you know, I don't listen to that much music either. Like I'm not a very cultured person, uh, but I'm just like, just making things every day. But yeah. that being said, um, yeah, I picked up cooking uh, it's awesome. I am shockingly very good at it. Uh, I roasted a chicken a few days ago. Uh, last night, I roasted some short ribs. Uh, I made a gramolata, and uh, it's excellent. Like, I'm really good at this. Like, wow. That's I know. It's kind of shocking. On a, on a Monday night? Yeah, sure, right on a Monday night. No, yeah, no big deal. Just No big deal. <laughs> It really isn't. You yeah. just salt and pepper the short ribs and let it sit for like a little bit. And then you put it in the oven 325 for three hours. And then you take it out and it's done. And then you're done. 
do you think that this is going to be something that you'll continue on with when you go back to the city? Oh, definitely. Um, well, it's really embarrassing because I cooked so little when I was, you know, pre-COVID, I canceled my gas. Like there's no, like my stove, like my oven is a storage. And so that has to change now. So like- I feel like you to buy some shoes. Uh, it's uh, it's where I store all my different liquids of like bottle like 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 beer or like yeah. I mean I don't drink beer but like I've designed a lot of beer yeah. so like I get sent beer so many and then they're just like stored in the oven but not anymore like they're gonna find a new home I promise you um back to the morning routine so my usual it's um I wake up and I can go downstairs make my um breakfast and then talk to my intern but now started from last week i added meditation to my routine so i just do 10 minutes little headspace and then uh not sponsored uh it's literally just what i was you know doing and then i'll go downstairs um depends on my mood i have a few different breakfast options they're all excellent so um I'll either make me a super jammy, soft scramble egg with some cheese. Sometimes I make this um, shallot anchovy tomato jam. So it's a paste, so I can just spread it, and I'll put the egg on top of it. It is so heavenly. It's strongly recommended. And then, or sometimes if I feel lazy, I will do, like, I don't do peanut butter and jam, but I do peanut butter on one toast and then jam on the other toast. I would eat them separately. Like when they're together, no, no, not even that. I would eat all the peanut butter first and then I'll move on to the next toast. It's like my salty one and then my sweet one. Like I, I, I can't, I can't do them together. Do you, do you think you'll ever get like after this like newfound hobby of like and, and passion for cooking, do you see yourself like releasing your own like maybe cookbook that you could have on your store or the little, um, the little uh, spread that you've got now? Um, to be honest, that spread is a Alison Roman recipe. I just, uh, you know, I learned it from, you know, you know, she's really good at her job. Um, incredible. Yeah, like, so I, I, did, I will, you know, it's her recipe. However, I did um, starting to, like, because I think now I kind of get it, so I take a little bit more liberty on some of the things I sort of, cure like you know do a little bit more you know like now i sort of add a little bit butter to this uh paste mm. so it's like even creamier and even more like fragrant uh yeah but i mean i don't think i can do cookbook because like this bitch don't read like <laughs> um but I am interested in to, you know, hopefully to guide other lazy human being like I am to, you know, get into the world. Because like, to be honest, the food I make are not very complicated. They're, you know, some of them take time in the oven, but it's like really takes no time to prep. It's like more of the simple stuff that's, yeah. So I can see that and um, I'm happy to, uh yeah, like like an Instagram live or something like yeah. that. Yeah, do that. Yeah, imagine that. I'll, I'll, yeah, I would definitely tune in and kind of like see what you're uh, what you're cooking. Like, it's guaranteed funny. Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. But you got to do it with like um, the 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 filter that you've got that you made. And by the way, I have my custom apron. Like I made the apron for myself. It's, it's it has to happen. And then yeah, I. I yeah, we'll, we'll we'll talk after. <laughs> yeah, Chef Boyer Z. <laughs> I think cooking is like such a really like I don't know. I find like it decompresses me after after a long day of working, and and especially with kind of like you know the COVID stuff is like being able to kind of focus on something and enjoy a nice a nice meal and spend time and and enjoy it. It's just like it's just like a nice little luxury. Yes. So like a few things. One, it's like before, I mean, I always love food, like but before I just spend all my money on restaurants. Now restaurants are not available. I have to bring, I have to be my own restaurants. Yeah. You know? like, I made French onion soup the other night. I feel, you know, and, but more importantly, I'm sorry. We'll share some recipes. 
Sure. Yeah. Uh, more importantly, I feel about cooking is that one, it's therapeutic in a way that you get to tune your head out, not worry about anything else. Because I'm just trying to make sure nothing gets burned on the stove. So, you know, like, because I usually have a, multiple things going on. So, like, that kept me busy. So, like, my brain gets, like, sort of focusing on something mm -hmm. for a hot second. On the other hand, it's, I also, um, feel feeding other people it's a very gratifying feeling especially when they give you feedback right like they're like mm, yeah and then that's all i need and i'm like thank you <laughs> yeah so i love that and i have to say my favorite thing out of all this is chopping onions i love nothing more than chopping like i can chop onion for Days. I don't care if it makes you cry. It's so satisfying to me. It's so therapeutic. I love it. <laughs> I'm, I'm all about chopping a good, uh, like, shallot. Oh, it's like, I'm yeah. going to send you the shallot recipe. You're going to chop, love cho chopping <laughs> shallots even more. It is so fun. I'm looking forward to it. Um, so it's so good that you've kind of, like, found yourself. I think, I think it is kind of a, an important thing as a designer to be able to kind of have that that mental break, you know, and to find something that you enjoy doing as well is like super important. Um, but I kind of want to circle back to like your design work. Um, you know, it is super high energy. Like you just look at it, you're like drawn in. Um, but we kind of touched on it earlier where you were talking about being an introvert, right? You know, do people expect you to be on all the time because of, what you, you you know you describe your work as razzle dazzle you want every day to be that are people expecting that all the time from you i mean some people just expect that i'm on cocaine the whole time because <laughs> i talk so fast and i have so much energy but like, i i genuinely I, i'm like this and i just wake up i have a lot to give and then it's out there you know um the i would say the, there's a misconception between extrovert and uh, introvert. Um, there's a very good video between Amy Schumer and Oprah that people should watch. Um, so I started with the video. Oprah said to Amy, I have a secret. And then Amy said, let me guess, are you an introvert? So being an introvert doesn't mean that you don't want to socialize. It doesn't mean that you are shy. It doesn't mean all that. It just means that, um, people take energy from you instead yeah. of you feed off energy from other people. And I'm very much so like, I'm very, you know, in love with having one-on-one -on -one conversation. We can just skip the small talk and just go straight to whatever the fuck we want to talk about. Right. Yeah. Cause like, what does, how are you and what do you do really does anything like, or where are you from? Like, yeah, yeah. But like, to me, I'm care about, you know, what, it's important to you what's on your mind and you know blah 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 and people expect <laughs> i think what i put on social media definitely have created something you know that it's it's a version of me um and that I'm trying to be as, you know, authentic and as honest as possible because like one people can always sense it if you're being fake and second it's that like um, I want people to meet me, don't get like let down by, you know, whatever. But what I was trying to say, uh, in my real life, when you meet me is that I think it's just a more roundabout person. You know, there are times that I'm sad. There's times that I am serious and there's times I'm pissed off. And then like, I'm, you know, I try to be as, um, positive for other people but you know like life is life and i can't if i'm happy every day i need to go see a doctor you know like i need to be locked up so it's it's like inside out the movie right like you need to mix up emotions to sort of make your other emotions more you know rounded in many ways so um yeah that's kind of how i see about being um like my interaction with other people it's like yes people kind of expect me to be like all the time but like once they meet me they kind of get it they're like okay like i see all that and then you're just a little bit more with other stuff 
That's, that's actually a really good way of, of putting it. And I think that's a great thing is like, and you, you, you said it perfectly, like just being like your true authentic self. Like as humans, like you, you, there's these highs and lows, we, we've all experienced it. And I think, you know, you, you say really well, it's just like, this, this is me. Like I, I want to give as, as much positivity to the world, but there are, there are moments where I'm just like, I want to cry or I'm really sad and, and things, life will, will do that. But it, and that's okay, you know. Yeah, because the thing is, shit happens. Yeah. And then, more importantly, to me at least, it's how do you go from there, right? Like, um, I remember when my my grandma always said, like, you're just always at crossroads in life. There's not a good road or a bad road. It just it leads you to different things. Um, that's all. So it's like you know you can win the lottery and then something horrible like happen or like you know like to me the few dark things has happened to my life sort of helped facilitate this you know like i um had a big medical scare a few years back that made me really rethink life in many ways because i was like okay this is kind of ephemeral that like oh shit like you know I might not be around, you know, longer, you know, because we sort of were told, you know, like average 70 years, right? But that's not true for everybody. Yeah. Somebody get longer, somebody get shorter. And then my, I just had a awakening that, oh, this is might come a lot sooner than I think. So I, like my brain kind of just like shift 180. It's like, I stopped caring about the unnecessary little things and like focusing on the things that I genuinely care about. I want to put time into the people that I care and I love. I want to put time into the things that I love and care, you know, like design, like cooking. And then like, I also just try to do the things that I want to do. So I don't like, I go to sleep with no regrets, you know, yeah. like I do my best to complete my day and then I go to bed. It's like, did I miss anything? No, great. Close my eyes and it's the next morning, you know? So yeah, that's a extremely like satisfying feeling to go. Like I've lived my best life today. I've done all the things that make me happy. I've, I've invested in the things that I care about, the people I care about, uh, which is, it, it's, it, it's sad that not, not everyone can say that, but everyone can create that, you know? Yeah, like I think it's a, in many way a you know privileged point of view, um, and I one hundred percent understand that. Um, but for me, getting to where I am, I definitely also you know there's a lot of hardship came with it, and I think those hardship in many way helped me to facilitate this you know, realization. And, you know, it's, if things are easy, then we're all going to doing fantastically, you know, it, and sadly it's not, but, but that hard work and the hardship um, sort of paved the way for um, up, upwards uh, progression. Yeah. Yeah. No, so it, it, it's so true. And I think it's, that's really important. And, and it's like, it's great to kind of hear like that, you know, that in that, and that moment, you know, you were able to kind of like reassess and go, what is, what is actually important even for, for you? And that's different for everybody. And it looks different for everybody uh, as well. Um, so going back, I think into like talking about, I don't like to call it style, you know, as, as a designer, because I think we, <laughs> we have the ability to, to, to shift, but, you know, I'm going to, put quotations, you know, your style is, is, is very bright. Um, it's vibrant. There's a lot of animation to it, but I've kind of like done some stalking and like seen like your quote unquote style really evolve from like, you know, the branding projects that you, you know, when you did the internship at, um, Pentagram, um, up until, you know, your annual poster music festival where you like actually represented, uh, China up until now, like, that's obviously a lot of progression style wise. Like 
how, how, how did that come about? Yeah, well, I mean, I think when I was interning or when I first started working, I am one, on one hand, I'm trying to execute somebody else's vision um, and then trying to do my best way to execute that vision. And meanwhile, trying to find my own, you know, voice. So I would say one of the things that it led me to where I am right now is like whatever that sort of I find myself making relentlessly and not get tired of it, that's sort of where I end up doing, which, you know, right now is I love crafting some complicated patterns. I love making those patterns move. I genuinely enjoy, like I can spend hours on that. And um, 3D is a newfound love of me. It's strange, but it's really fun. Making typefaces is the same. I love form. I think form is very interesting to me. And then like, I like to challenge form as much as possible. So therefore it has something for me to like pursue and it has something for me to um, trying to achieve, right? So all those things is kind of how I progress to where I am. Uh, also, like the simple answer is just like, you make something and you get bored of it and you move on to the new thing, right? And then whatever that you don't get bored of making, then that you should just keep on making those. And then so far, like doing this is also very, very fun. Like I love to figure out how can I make a embroidered graphic that are, you know, not only beautiful, but also like nicely embroidered. You know, like I care about how it was made and all those things sort of like really feeds into my you know day-to-day -day practice and then kind of help me evolve into you know where i am right now yeah because i think if you can do something that really makes you happy like that's that's great like that's a great place to be at as a designer and i know that you were talking about you know those three kind of like lanes you know with you know you're kind of like um talking about you know your freelance how you just constantly work you know 24 7 it was just like weekends you know just to just to keep going like you you have to love what you're doing to be able to continue working the way that you know at that level yeah i mean like it's funny because i always get asked like oh how do you balance your work and life i was like i don't like they're to me they're not two separate concepts they, they're very much like you know infused entity like it's like a gradient to me you know like they're very much blending into each other some days this one maybe shifted a little bit more some days that shift a little, but like i don't like to draw the line because like most of my work that I make for myself are inspired by my life and, you know, like whatever I feel, whatever I think of and whatever I heard, whatever I saw. So like, therefore I don't have that separation. And then, but that to me in a way that like, it sort of helps me to like juggle that. It's like, Oh, if I don't feel like working, then I'm just not gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna go downstairs, take, you know, a cup of tea, drink some, you know, eat some yogurt or like, you know, shove some chips down my throat uh, or take a walk or whatever. But when I'm back in the mood of making, then I'm going to go make something because I don't believe in like <clears throat> beating a dead horse. If it's something's not working, do something else. Like it's going to come to you at some point, but also more importantly is like, doing other things help you to make things and you want to in the mode of making to make because otherwise you're just forcing yourself to do something you don't want to do and then that's never that never ends well yeah yeah definitely i i think for me it's it is that meditation or it's um or like yoga or pilates where my where my mind has to not think on the problem that i'm trying to trying to solve or, you know, when I had a car, you know, driving, which is a dangerous thing because I should be concentrating on driving, but my mind was able to kind of like wander mm -hmm. and let it kind of be free instead of like, as you said, flogging a dead horse to try and make it work is like, you, you have to change something. You have to get out of the house, 
do something else, paint something, cook something, stuff chips down your throat, like read, you know, it's, yeah. you have, you have to change something drastically. Yeah. Like they have, uh, there are, um, a scientific research about why walking is really helpful for people. It's like when you're walking, like kind of mindlessly in many ways, it puts whatever that's on your mind to your subconscious. So your subconscious is still thinking about the things that you're thinking, but it's not on your mind to clock the thought. So it helps you to actually move forward with um, the the thinking process. And, and that's why many times, you know, or like when you're taking a shower, it's the same t- same thing, right? You just get ideas because you're like, you know, like an idea pop up. And it's just because you sort of take a break from doing whatever the fuck you're stuck at. And yeah, like those, yeah. those things helps. Yeah, I think I was listening to Tim Ferriss like a few years ago and he was interviewing someone who, who literally has like a, a marker in their shower. So because when you're in the shower, it's like, if you've got if you've got housemates, you can't be running through the apartment, you know, like yeah, just like you know, this person would then like mark that idea down or that sketch or that that thought in the shower on the tiles or on the glass. I was like, that that's brilliant. It's brilliant. Yeah, I'm gonna do that. Yeah, because the shower is an incredible place. Like, I, you know, I would spend most of my day there if I if I could work from there, but I can't. But just being able to kind of like going back to like letting your mind just be at ease, I think is really important as, as creatives. Yeah. Or just really embrace the awesome acoustic and then sing your heart, sing your lungs out in the shower. I mean, karaoke. Like I sound so good (laughs) when I'm taking a shower. It is amazing. I'm like, wow, discover me. And then, you know, (laughs) until I heard my real recording, I'm like, okay, you know, maybe that's the reason. <laughs> What's your go-to karaoke song in the shower? Um, right now, I have to say, in the past few days, I, like, I'm not, like, because, you know, I'm not in my own home, so I'm not, like, belting out ballads, you yeah. know, like, that is, I'm trying to be considerate, you yeah. know? So I'm just playing. Right now, uh, there are a few songs I listen to when I take a shower. I'm, Oh, this is so so sad and so pathetic. But uh, right now, it's um, the new Rosalia song with Travis Scott, TKN, uh, the Savage remix with Megan Thee Stallion, Beyonce, uh, uh, Chloe and Haley's "Do It." Like that's the three on my constant like repeat. But I also have oh, and also <laughs> the new Lady Gaga. Album, it's pretty good. Uh, Rain on Me, Sour Candy, Stupid Love. I love all nine one one. I love the four songs. Uh, but it, when I'm like back home, it's like it's like some sad ass songs. You know, it's like make you feel my love, or I mean, sometimes even hello, like like just, like um, my favorite Adele song. However, it's called Daydreamer. It's like the first song from her first album. It's my favorite song from her and that's something that i sing to a lot um also sometimes i'm just like belting out like chinese ballads like the things that i grew up listening to so or like i would just like you know like the song that i would cry to i mean i'm not crying all the time but it's like some of the songs that sort of like you know channel my gentle you know gentle side and um yeah like that's some of my go-tos yeah there you go mate People are going to be definitely checking out those tunes now, especially like those little like going back to Adele. That's like that. Like those early albums were like really good. I mean, Nineteen is my favorite album. Like Twenty One is already like she kind of lost me a little bit at Twenty One. <laughs> like the first album is the one. Yeah. Just nothing can top that album. The first song from that first album is my favorite song. It's called Daydreamer. Check it out. It's so good. It's really, it calms you down and then makes you feel just, it's like Sunday afternoon kind of song. Okay. Oh, uh, this, this Sunday I'll, uh, I'll, I'll definitely be tuning Or you can like drive down today and listen to it. It's a really good car, car drive sound. Like, especially if you're in the countryside, it yeah. sounds like the countryside. Windows down. Oh yeah, women. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or, 
the smell of horse. I don't know. <laughs> uh, so you've worked at uh, two of New York's most distinguished agencies. So uh, we've got Pentagram, we've got uh, Sagmeister Walsh. Can you talk about your experiences there and what, what you learned in those, in those agencies and, and, what, and how it actually helped you, you know, launch your own studio? Well, when I worked for Paula at Pentagram, Moshu was my boss and then my teacher. So, like, I learned one is how to be, um, how to be a boss in many ways. Is like, you know, she is, she's the queen. You know, like you, she's so good at what she does. And then I just remember, like, I learned, like, I worked so fast because of I worked under her and because it's just a very high-paced job. And then she made me understood that you can have many ideas and you can have many good ideas. And But once you put them on the paper, that's the time that you can start to, you know, pick and choose. So you try to, like, when I was working for her, we tried to put as many ideas down on a page as possible. Yeah. So that's something I learned from her. Uh, when I was at... Uh, with Jesse and Stefan, it's that the importance of personal projects. You know, it's like the personal things that you're passionate about that can sort of push your creativity to the next level. Because, you know, client projects are great in many ways, but the gratification, it's different. You know, like when you're doing something for yourself, like genuinely doing something for yourself, like that satisfaction is just not the same. You know, I think, you know, working for clients, more, you know, you're being compensated, therefore it makes it okay. But like when you're working for yourself, you are genuinely, it's, it's like cooking a nice meal for yourself. Like, you know, like literally it is so satisfying. You did something good, for yourself and then that is a beautiful feeling and then after that i sort of took those lessons with me and then started my own and then you know now four and a half years later um still going crazy just going strong trying yeah yeah because <clears throat> i like those those times would have been i'm, I'm sure they they still you know, stay with you and resonate with you, you know, those, those moments, those conversations. Um, I'm, I'm, do you still keep in contact with, you know, some of those people? Yeah. Yeah. Like I am literally having a outdoor uh, meal with Jessica this Saturday. It's on our calendar. We're going to go to a local restaurant, sit outside. I'm going to make some jam for her. I'm going to give her some of my jam. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, Stefan and I, we did a coffee um, uh, thing, coffee Zoom, digital coffee the other day. That was fun. Uh, I saw Paula right before Christmas. Like, I do an annual uh, Dazzle give giveaway. Like, I this year is really fun. We basically packed a Dazzle box. In the box, there's a fabulous mug, a very fun tote, and a very cute and charming little beanie so like you know i packed a box i brought it to pentagram i gave it to paula we, we we had lunch together it was awesome that's amazing that'd be like it must be so nice as to like your relationship with them is obviously changed from working under them but there's still a relationship there to be able to share work to be able to you know support each other and just laugh and cry and just like just be friends because at the end of the day, they're still, they're still people. Yes. And also in many ways, like one, I'm forever grateful for the opportunity they have gave, given me. And then more so is that now I run my own business. I understand what they are going through more. Like I have more empathy, yeah. you know, for some of the decisions that they've made when I was working for them, I might not understand. So I literally, like when I first started my business, I had just texted Jesse. I'm like, oh my God, I am so sorry. I was such an asshole. And like, I also would not ever know until I, you know, do this on my own to feel that. Yeah, like we are very much like, I love her so much. And 
she taught me everything and then she gave me you know all the platforms and then she's just such an awesome human being and then I am I learned so much from her and it's just um really um how do I say this like I feel like our friendship bonded on there are just not too many people do things like what we do and then like also execute on the speed and quantity and hopefully quality um as we are so like you know she to me in many ways she's like a kindred spirit that like she really like you know i really look up to her and meanwhile i also just very happy to have her as a friend yeah yeah it, it's it's and it's great that you can still have those connections those that that gratefulness and and that friendship with you know with someone who really kind of like helped and led and gave you opportunities like i think afterwards to still have that that gratefulness is um is a complete testament to you um so looking at some of your your work um you know it, it does explore you know a lot of different issues of you know including diversity you know the queer um, like culture uh, and representation you know what what draws you to exploring these these areas um like i said earlier like i feel like my life is very much the influence of my work you know i'm i'm gay i'm chinese and i'm a slut so like all these things um it's my source of inspiration like i like i don't know how to you know like this is the only three like you know three things that i felt it's genuinely um like rooted in me that i can make genuine and honest content based on those thoughts and or also like sometimes i make things that i'm a designer i guess but um i feel those realization helped me to create things and then that's where the source of inspirations are from yeah because your your recent post for pride month like really encapsulates you know the the um the things that are happening you know obviously with you know the senate um with pride month but it really kind of like showcases you and your work still like how long does a design like the pride month animation take you 20 minutes 20 minutes you're, you're that quick 15 minutes <laughs> yeah, something like that yeah yeah it like i mean <laughs> it's oh, okay to be fair this one i made it for something else and it didn't get used and then i just you know repurposed it but yeah. however yeah the time did not change if that's the time it's just it was not really meant for a post like this but i just reused it yeah it worked and i think like design is such a a powerful voice to like to make change and i think this is something that we talk to our students especially with um uh, what's happening in the moment is like you have a voice like as a designer you can actually bring about change positive change you can have a voice like that's such an important thing as a designer to know that you know and it's what you're doing you're you're having your voice you know and you're not from America, neither am I. We we can't vote. Yeah, that's so all we got. It, it's all you have to like show support and be a voice to show that support and to help those people who are who are fighting tooth and nail to be heard. Yeah, and then that's why I, I see myself, like I said, it's like a cheerleader because like you know I can't literally can't get in the thing so i can be on the sideline do my best and then to you know amplify yeah do you find the design community to be like inclusive of you know you know the queer culture or you know the it's a rough one because you know i am like in many ways a double minority yes i am definitely in the community however I think design itself is a very privileged industry, right? Like I was explaining this to somebody else. You can only think about design once your basics, fundamentals are taken care of. You know, if you think about putting food on a table, having a roof on top of your head, you don't give a fuck what things look like. You know, you will think about it once your life got better. So 
that's a privilege on its own because not everybody has the luxury of that. Mm-hmm. And that being said, I think the industry is trying to be as inclusive as possible. But I think, like I said, this industry itself has fundamental um, they, they have different foundations and then I think that's what causing the sometimes the lack of diversity and um, it's not like people are asking, uh, like actively exclude other people it's just that came with a system in a little bit and then that's why we're here to talk about it and hopefully to talk to change that because you know like i when i was in school like 11 years ago there's not that many um chinese students and now there's so many chinese students and same with um in the industry you know like it's like to be honest it's a quite white and asian dominated industry and there's not as many other minorities in the industry as we wanted. However, I think given the new landscape of social media and all that, there are more people, you know, popping out because talent is talent. Like, I think that's one great thing about this industry. It's like, yeah, people don't really care about your educational background. People don't care about, you know, whatever. As long as you make good things, that's all that matters. Like, I genuinely, I cannot care less. You know, if your work is good, great. We're gonna, you know, have yeah. a conversation. Yeah. <laughs> And I think no, I'm not gonna have a conversation with people who have bad work. It's just no, no. it's different conversations. <laughs> yeah, because a talent's a talent. You know what I mean? Like, and I think the industry has has changed dramatically when it when it was about what school you went to. You know, all of these elements. It's like show me that you can think. Show me that you can produce really good work. That you're a, a, a really great person. That you're willing to be a part of a team. You know, like no one wants to work with a talented asshole. You know, it's just like. Yeah, like to me, like that's like the job interview number one is like 101 is like, sure, you can be as good as you are. But like, no, like people are honestly hiring somebody who wants to sit next to you for 10 hours a day. Like, you know, if you are horrible, like boy, bye. Like nobody wants to be next to you. And yeah, like I think to me is like, you know, making work. Uh, hard work and then be nice it's just you know uh the simple basic of what we should be doing yeah yeah and is that, that's obviously something that you you do when you're looking for you know someone you know as an intern or someone to bring on freelance or whatever it's like is that initial conversation just like how do you kind of like gel with them yeah and also like dedication also kind of helps like i have this girl like literally like writing every day and she, she, she now has been one of my interns Suki. she's been <clears throat> wonderful but she was relentless and then to a level it's like you know what i respect that and then you know the dedication really you know come over like we'll make this work and then we did and she's fantastic and yeah it's really you know to me uh, when i'm looking for somebody is are you willing to work hard? Are you fun to be around? And are you here? Like, like do you think I can teach you something? And then also, um, do you have the skills that can extend my vision? Right? Like I, right now, my intern Rosie, she is a, um, um, creative engineer like she can build robots and stuff and she can build apps so it's really cool so like we're you know making different mechanics so that's exciting and then you know like we we built the face filter together and like she did the heavy lifting i just give her ideas um but yeah like it's really for me it's really in the matter of like how to you know um assess a person's um personality and working ability you know yeah yeah definitely that's uh i've I've heard her say that um that well it's one of my uh it's my boss who was like if i want to sit down and have a beer with them like, that's a good point <laughs> that's a that's a he's like you know <laughs> but 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 that's the thing you're going to be spending 10 hours a day maybe with this person like five, six days a week, 
you know, like you, you, you're going to want to get along with them and bounce ideas off and like see how they think and like relax. And yeah, like it, that's a, it's a, that's a large portion of your, your life being spent there. Yeah. For me, it's like, can I have bubble tea with you? Yeah. If, if that's the case, yeah. Sold. Done. Yeah. Or yeah. do you know your bubble tea? Like if you can give me a place that I haven't heard of, uh, 100% higher. <laughs> you're like you got the job <laughs> yeah, I'm you, yeah. Uh, you know you know your shit okay yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah it's your shout though you know yeah. <laughs> um again thank you so much uh for your time your insights um like just the stories and just being really vulnerable with us um it's it's been an absolute pleasure hanging out with you it feels like we've literally just been hanging out yeah things. so um yeah thank you so much for everything you do for the design community as well and giving back and that positivity and, and, and being a cheerleader on the side. Um, yeah, it, uh, I know it makes a huge difference out there. Oh, you're so welcome. Thank you uh, so much for having me. Um, last of all, where can people find you on the internet? So um, I would say right now the most engaging place is my Instagram, which is at ZZ Design. However, you can check out my uh, studio site Studio or my merch store Supply. so you know get yourself something lovely to you know put on and I guarantee you they're made with love and care so you know it's with great that, yeah because you are you know I wish people could see you're looking extremely on point with everything so represent <laughs> well thank you so much uh, again and uh, yeah have a great uh, rest of your day you too, and enjoy the ride to North Carolina. I definitely will. I've got my podcast all set out, thanks to you. All right. <laughs> thanks, and See Bye. The Pathfinder Podcast has been brought to you by Shillington, the original graphic design bootcamp. To learn more about the podcast and Shillington, click the link in the bio. Show your support by subscribing and rating us on your preferred podcast platform. Original music composed and performed by Menakshi. Thanks for listening. <laughs>